baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good evening, folks. It's time for our Friday episode of It's News to Us. I've decided to stop keeping count of what episode we're on, in part because we're, we're getting so far into it now. It's just we not... can't count that high. <laughs> this, this will be relevant later on as we, <laughs> we discuss right. in the Great pre-show. Um, none of us can count. Um, <laughs> with me tonight is uh, Jeff Stapleton, our full-time reporter. And of course, he made his appearance first appearance yesterday, our, our new part-timer, David Lefkowitz. Um, and, and we'll get right into uh, the stories of the day. Uh, the big news story, the governor spoke to the General Assembly Money Committees today. And uh, I don't think many will be surprised, but he's going to be looking for more tax relief uh, next January. Well, I think the, the thing that's part of this that uh, that is going to make this possible is the fact that there's going to, there's there's that surplus and money that he wants to earmark for that uh, tax relief. Exactly. He's earmarked uh, 400 million, roughly 400 million. It's actually 392 if you want to get super accurate. Yeah. Um, but this is all part of a $3.2 billion surplus, a lot of which has already been spoken for, for reserve funds, water quality, the Chesapeake Bay. Um, but there's there's some money that has not been spoken for, and he wants to set uh, th- that 392 aside. Now, of course, Senate Democrats still need to go along, and I've seen some comments of various outlets that they're not so sure about this yet. They really need to see the details. But again, we're talking in August, and the General Assembly doesn't return to January. There's a lot of things that can happen between now and then. Yeah, still many months ahead of that. So yeah, so and we, and we haven't even seen exact proposals. I mean, tax relief sounds sounds great in 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 the macro sense. Uh, you know, if he's going to want it for for a gas tax suspension again, I don't think the Senate Democrats would go along with that. Um, you know, if you're you're looking at more targeted stuff, um, you know, earned income tax credits as the Democrats were pushing earlier. You know, who knows? Another rebate, maybe. Hey, we could all use another rebate. Uh, <laughs> we could all use a little more cash at this time. Yeah. So, so every every single one of us. Um, but uh, yeah, he he is planning to push more tax relief coming the next general assembly session, and it'll be interesting to see what the politics uh, of that is, especially after whatever results we see in November. Yeah, it'll be after the midterm, so we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I know that's a national thing, but still, I mean, the it, the political waves reverberate into Virginia. So right, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, depending on who wins the second and the seventh, and nationally what the the atmosphere is like, it could it could vary a whole bunch of stuff. So. Yeah. And of course, of course, remember next year is an election election year. So, you know, you might even find uh, groups, uh, weird, weird coalitions of groups as people determine what, what they need to do to win certain races in November of 2023. So not that we're getting too far ahead of ourselves, but we're, we're a year and a half ahead of ourselves. So um, other, uh, other big story tomorrow, gun buyback uh, in the city of Richmond. We've been talking about this for a while. I know, David, you covered it uh, when the, the mayor first mentioned it, uh, yeah. I want to say two weeks ago. Um, but uh, they're going to have that event uh, in the city on Midlothian Turnpike um, at Liberation Church. You can get anywhere. I think the gift cards are what, 250 25 to 250 Is that right, David? That's the range, yes, depending on the type of gun. 
Do you remember uh, what the re- who the retailers were uh, off off the top of your head? Uh, I believe I can I know for sure that Amazon, Foot Locker, and I believe Kroger were among them. Yeah. Um, I'm less certain about. I believe Kroger was a, yeah. was one of them. Too. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like two fifty for an assault rifle down to twenty five for a gun that doesn't work, basically. Yes, they've got it all segmented out. Yeah. So so, but that'll take place at Liberation Church, like we discussed. I'm in Lothian. Um, and few rules, you have to be over 18 because you can't possess a gun under 18. It's against mm-hmm. law. Um, it has to be unloaded. Don't be bringing a loaded gun to a, <laughs> to a, a gun buyback event. Bad idea. And also, uh, don't just be like waving it in the car either or carrying it in the car, you know, bring it bring, bring, as I, as I mm-hmm. actually do the gun holding thing, um, yeah. with my hands, um, have it stored in your trunk, uh, unloaded it so you can, you can turn it in. And the hope here is to get guns off of the street. Now they're, they're under no um, sort of um, imagination that this is going to get all guns off the street. This is going to make a big impact, but I think they're basically trying to get rid of guns that are, have the propensity to potentially be stolen or lost or anything along that line. Uh, Just get them off the street and, and, and turned in. I think also it's kind of like a no questions asked thing that, you you know, they weren't going to say, well, why do you have this assault rifle? You know, yeah. they're just going to say, well, here's your $250 $50. gift. Card. Yep. No, no questions asked. Uh, no questions about anything. Just turn in the gun. They'll give you the, the gift card and carry along. So, so that, you know, do we know when that starts? Uh, t- 10, uh, 10 a.m. Okay. And it's an all day thing. Um, I think it goes until they run out of gift cards. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, do you, do you remember, David? Did they say that? Uh, it goes until they run out of gift cards. Um, and it from when he's the mayor cited um, one out in uh, the sort of Bay Area in California uh, that, that ran out of gift cards very quickly, like in an hour or two. So, you know, if if you are planning to yeah. to attend, maybe go closer to 10 a.m. because yeah. the number of gift cards is limited. Yeah. So yeah, get, get moving quickly. I want to say they have, and I can't remember the exact number, but it was, it was in a range between like 60 to $80,000 worth of gift cards. I think that's plenty. Yeah. You know, there. So, I mean, it's, it's a large number seemingly, but it can probably get rolling quickly. So, yes. So, you know, um, other, other big, well, actually there's another big event event going on. Um, excuse me, uh, is it tomorrow or is it Sunday? The, uh, the fundraiser, the, the duck fundraiser. Oh, it is. Uh, it's tomorrow. Uh, it's the festival starts at 11, but the duck race itself, uh, will start at 3 PM over on Brown's Island. And, and, uh, if you could remind folks, cause this hasn't occurred in a while, exactly what is this and what is this raising money for? Yes. Yeah, so the, the duck race, it was uh, like a Richmond establishment for 20 years. And then last time it happened was 2012. Um, but essentially, um, 15,000, exactly 15,000 rubber ducks are loaded into a container and that container is lifted up by a crane and then uh, dumped into the canal on Browns Island. And there's uh, volunteers to corral the ducks and a crowd to cheer on these rubber ducks and who, whichever duck uh, crosses the line first wins, the, uh, the, the owner of that rubber duck wins $10,000, but there's the top 10 are all going to receive prizes of like varying uh, you know, escalating value. Um, but uh, they have, when I talked to um, the representative from the organization today, they've sold all 15,000 ducks at this point. 
So um, the event's going to happen tomorrow uh, and it's raised a lot of money for the, uh, for this festival and inclusion that's happening. Gotcha. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, I do remember this from 10 years ago and, and years previous. I, I sort of forgot it had disappeared, but yeah, now that you think about it, you haven't heard about it in recent years. And I think and the reason why it disappeared and correct me if I'm wrong, David, but I think they just didn't have a community partner for 10 years. It was another organization that, sponsored it and they just didn't do it after that and it just laid kind of dormant there for 10 years without a community sponsor is that correct yes it was it used to be a different organization and uh it it was actually uh just some members of the uh uh the organization that's putting this on the autism richmond virginia yeah yeah, it's the same it's the same ducks uh they went to the old organization and said do you still have the ducks the old organization had them like in storage or something, I guess. Yes. I'm sure they were they were very happy to get rid of the 15,000 rubber ducks they, <laughs> they had sitting in a warehouse somewhere. I'm glad they just didn't throw them away because they figured, you know, someone might pick this up again at some point. They have to store them in water or, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. just have them in a large pool somewhere. Um, <laughs> um, Something that's not happening this weekend, but happening Monday, Chesterfield returns to school on Monday. So we're going to, you know, the, the area's largest school district starts school Monday. This will be only for elementary school students, sixth graders and ninth graders. But you're going to start to see the Chesterfield buses run um, on Monday. Uh, we will be out and covering that. Um, it's interesting. They say that they have coverage for all the classes. However, you know, when we last got a good rundown of where the vacancies were, and this was just a couple of weeks ago, there were still over 200 vacancies. So I doubt they filled uh, all of those positions. But some of those could be filled with long term subs, which is what Richmond uh, talked about at their latest school board meeting where they said they had 140 vacancies, but 100 of those vacancies were filled by long term subs. So really, it's down to 40. And and speaking of Richmond, an excellent segue there, uh, Jeff. Um, There's been a lot made over the last 24 hours about um, Richmond's SOL scores. Um, And uh, the state had a big press conference on that yesterday. We didn't really do much on it yesterday because we knew it would require a deep dive into the numbers. And with everything that was going on yesterday and even some of the stuff going on today, we did not have the resources to really dive into it. Let's peel back the curtain a little bit. We, it's the three of us. We just didn't have the time to really go deep diving into the numbers. Well, some people did, and they found that Richmond, not a single Richmond seventh grader passed the seventh grade SOLs. And this has become a big um, point of contention. We've seen a lot of people um, you know, criticize Richmond for that fact. Well, It's interesting, Channel 8, and we're going to give them complete credit here, took a deeper dive at the numbers and found out that only 108 seventh graders took the seventh grade SOLs. Meanwhile, there were over a thousand that took the eighth grade math SOL. So, and apparently there are some seventh graders in Richmond that take the eighth grade SOL. Why? Not clear. I don't don't understand it. Not anyone who I'm not someone who took the SOLs. I took the regions tests in New York State when I was uh, when I was you know in eighth grade a long time ago. Um, so I don't know why it, it ended up this way. And, and eight hasn't been able to get full details on that yet. But 
So really, yes, 108 failed the SOL, and that's all that took the SOL. But it's not exactly that not a single seventh grader in the city of Richmond understands math. So, and, and, and David, you, we were, we were talking about this beforehand. You're, you are the only one on this panel really that has taken an SOL. Um, Would you have any idea why someone would take the seventh, the eighth grade SOL or why that would be set up? Or even so, what were your experiences taking the seventh grade math SOL? I, I, yes. So I also struggled with the seventh grade math SOL to be fair. Uh, Probably, uh, Let's see, to, to prove, I guess, supposed to prove my point, I was going to do the math as to how long ago that was. And I, I drew a blank. But um, I will say as to why uh, there might be so many seventh graders taking the eighth grade one, if the system works the way it did when I was a, an elementary schooler in Henrico County um, in the early 2010s, um, in the fourth grade, I took a like a math test that placed me in uh, adv- like my age bracket or advanced or very advanced. So for example, I got put in you know, math two in the fifth grade. Some people got put in math one. Some people got put in math, like three or four kids in my grade were put in math three, which is the very accelerated track. So the, the seventh graders taking the seventh grade level math SOL are probably those who a couple of years ago for them yeah. tested into a certain like math bracket. Yeah. Um, so, yes. So it might be even, you know, there's, there could be several reasons why all of them failed, obviously, but yeah. that's probably why only 108 seventh graders actually took the seventh grade math as well, at least if it still works the way it did, which I believe it does. Yeah. So, so, I mean, again, having all 108 fail is not great by any way, shape or form. That being said, it's not the same as saying all seventh graders failed it. So I think that's something that we should note and, and, and I, again, props to Channel Light for taking a deeper look. I'm going to put that on our Facebook page and on on our Twitter feed, uh, just so we can get that message out. You know, and again, we did not do the story um, on air or on our web story uh, originally, just simply because we didn't have the resources to do which Channel Eight has and has done. And props to them for doing so. So. But um, other than that, that's pretty much the news that we have for 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 you all today. We've gone uh, we've gone a little bit longer than we did yesterday, and Jeff is eventually going to have to leave to actually do an on air newscast. <laughs> so, so so we'll end it here for 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 today. Um, again, thank you very much for 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 both of you being on on this uh, today on Friday. Um, again, that's uh, David Lefkowitz, that's reporter Jeff Stapleton, and I'm news director Matt Demline. This has been the Friday edition of its news to us. And we'll see you guys again on Monday. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 